being hungry for a mighty move of God was, was something and nothing wasn't what I anticipated, but I see it completely different today than I've ever seen it. Let me tell you one thing that I was thinking about when they were singing that song. Um, how many of y'all have ever heard of global warming? How many of you run for your life when you hear that term? You begin to panic, you break out in a cold sweat because you're thinking the earth, is, the end of the world is going to come because of global warming. Anybody ever panic like that? Well, let me give you a little assurance. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. It can't happen because the earth will shake and tremble before him. Heavens will bow down before him. This earth is not going away because he's going to go back and restore it for who? For us. So just all your fear, anything that may bombard you, just kind of rest your mind. Do we need to put our trash in the trash can? Yes. Do you need not to throw your trash out the window when you're driving? You're a lazy loser if you do, all right? But the earth is not going to end because of me and you. It's going to end whenever he brings judgment on this place. On Sunday nights for several weeks, we've been sharing different things with you. And, and the reason I've been sharing the way I've been sharing in, in the particular passages from spiritual gifts, uh, last week we talked about ministering gifts. And, and tonight I'm going to talk to you about something else that's, that's very, very personal and also very, very uh, important. Um, it was something, the name of it is Dangerous Places to Be. And, uh, and I was thinking not really about this lesson or this, this message or whatever you want to call it, but I was watching and I was telling the guys who Darren Poe is, and Darren Poe isn't this uh, flamboyant uh, Casanova that everybody flocks around. Darren's about my age. He's got a little bit of a gut on him. He's got a lot of white hair on his head. How many of y'all know Darren Poe? He isn't someone you look at and you go, man, look at him. It isn't that way at all. But I'll tell you what's happening with Darren and his leadership. Darren loves the people that he's serving. Anytime I go to a meeting, he absolutely is just, he's just absorbable. He's just so enjoyable. And last night, actually both nights, I've seen him praying with people. You know, a lot of times you go to district things, you don't see the leadership just going and finding guys. But Darren himself was just so involved in praying for fellas and, and his, um, his heart is just a unique, a very unique guy. But I began to think about us as I watched Darren. And the term came to my mind to rethink church. Not, and let me just really stress this. Church is a place that's positive, but it's not a place you're supposed to think of. Oh, that's a fun place. That's a place, oh, we have fun. We do this. We play bingo. And, and we play checkers after service. And we have that game that has the whipped cream in it. And you pull whatever that works. And it, Yeah, whatever it is. It's not that. But I'll tell you what makes church interesting and church being different. It's when we have a real understanding of who He is in our life, and He is the Lord of our life. When that begins to happen across the board in a church, it's amazing what He begins to show up and do in people's lives. And uh, there's nothing any more exciting to me than that, period. Nothing. Nothing in life. I love my wife and love my grandkids and my kids, and they're awesome. But there's something different when it comes to seeing God perform things and changes in people's lives. Don't ever... Let that not be a priority. Don't let that ever be something that you don't think about because that's the essence of why we're here in the first place. Absolutely right. Dangerous places. And I begin to think, what are dangerous places and, and dangerous places that we could go? And I've done some dangerous things. Uh, nothing like some of you. You know, I've never tried jumping through a glass door 
I never went up to a window and said, I wonder if I can punch this and, and bust it out. I've never done that. I've, I've never leapt from tall over buildings in a single bound. You know, I've went about as exciting as I got and when I was about five or six, probably six in first grade, I'd jump out of trees with umbrellas. How many of y'all know they, they really kind of work? Okay, not really, but you think they really kind of work. As long as you don't jump over four or five feet out of the ground, they really work. When you jump out 10, 12, 15 feet, you find out they don't work so well. And I was pretty adventurous. And But on the way uh, up to Lake the, Lake the Ozarks, and on the way back, oh, my goodness, listen to guys talk. You just hear story after story after story after story. It's like they never end, and, and it's just fun to listen to. But anyway, dangerous places. I've never been a person that liked to climb cliffs, uh, climbed a lot of trees, but cliffs were never anything that I thought God called us to do. Uh, putting a rope around me and chalk in my pocket and little thin shoes and, and the ability to go up and hang on the side of a cliff to me is, is like, why? Why would I want to do that? So cliffs are really dangerous places to be, uh, places where there's snakes. The other night, uh, I would feed cows. I don't know what happened, but I took the mule up to park it in the barn. And as soon as I park it in the barn there, I pull in. And I start to get out, and my foot hits the ground, I look, and there's a big copperhead about, oh, two feet away. It was treacherous. I'm thinking, how can I kill it? I don't have a pistol on me. How can I kill it? And I think, I ain't getting out of this thing. I'm not getting out of this thing. So it went past me a little bit, and it started shaking its tail, and it was warning me that I know you're there. I'm about to bite you by the toe and just absorb your whole body. And so, well, it's not a python, but still, it was treacherous. I didn't like it, not even a little bit. Uh, Climbing up rocks and mountains is something I never understood. There was a movie out many years ago, and I don't remember the lady's name that was in it, but it was uh, um, Apes Among Us or something like that, Monkeys Among Us. She lived up in the apes in the mountains with the, the mountain gorillas, and, you know, that's it. Gorillas are in the mist. Yeah, that was it. And why? Why would I want to go live with gorillas? Why would I want to go try to be a buddy with a tiger? You know, why? It's, it's stupid. Anyway, um, volcanoes is not a place you want to build a house near. You know, it's treacherous. You know, it, it, the possibility is something that can be horrible. How many of y'all are really following all these great ideas? They're common sense, aren't they? Yeah. The old, the old saying, why would I jump from a perfectly good airplane? Why? Why would I go up in the sky and just jump from a perfectly good airplane? Why would I do that? Why would I get on those bungee cord seat things? They strap you down like no other with big old rubber band things, and then they launch you into oblivion. And all your, listen, all of your guts just went from being normal to flattened on your back. That's just how it is. There's no way God is in that, you know. He just isn't. He just isn't. Uh, guys who play games, guys, are, they think they're being macho, and they take it off and see how many times they can do it. Really? Really? How manly is that? How many of you guys have ever taken a knife and went, bum, 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 anybody? Brilliant. One of the smartest things ever. That's treacherously stupid is what that is. All right. Well, how many of you ever played this game, slap game? You put your hands on somebody's. Okay, I have to admit I've done that, and it was not a good thing. And a lot of guys I could whoop up on. I had a cousin by the name of Doyle, and, and Doyle had super fast hands. He's a great baseball player. And, and dude, we played it. He was wearing the tar out of my hands. And I said, keep going. I can't, I'll move them. I'll get it. I think one time I got out of the way. He was wearing me out. I had blisters. Not really, but it looked like my hands were blood red because he wore me out. And my pride kept me. Do it again. He, he starts saying, Dwight, I'm killing you. I said, I don't care. Do it again. And he hit me again. I say, do it again. Finally, I quit. Actually, he walked off. I said, I ain't going to break your hands. So he walked off. Uh, volcanoes. Uh, how many of y'all know that a sinking ship is not a good thing to be on? 
Paul went on a cruise. I don't think I shared this with you, not publicly, but we went on the, the cruise and up to Alaska, and it was great. It was awesome. Man, it was rocking awesome time. Rocking awesome time it was. Uh, one day we had really treacherous uh, waves, and you walk down the hallway doing this, you know, and you're kind of surfing as you go down. It was bad enough that the captain of the boat was sick. He couldn't even work that day. What does that tell you? Treacherous. We were looking for icebergs, not really, you know, thinking Titanic, whatever. Um, okay, I'm going to stop all this, but I do want to talk to you about dangerous places. And the dangerous places I want to talk to you about is something that every one of us have dealt with. If you are an adult, and a lot of you even teenagers, you deal with places that are dangerous. Lathan, quit talking. I'm, I'm speaking to you. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. Uh, not really. Anyway, m- mental places that we go. Let me tell you all, God is good, all right? I'll just leave it at that. I love you, Lathan. You're very important and special to me. Um, Mental places is what I want to talk to you about. Um, And every one of us at times in our life, and the reason I brought up Darren Poe earlier is because everything at at a men's retreat is is so evolved into something different. Um, I've watched it over the years just continue to evolve into something that that it's just better, it's greater. And I begin to think about Darren and, and his leadership and the things he does and how I so appreciate him being in a district position but he doesn't think anything about being in a district position. It's nothing that gets to his head. And I watch other people that get in district positions. They walk in. Hey, brother, how you doing? Love you, man. Pat you on the back. So I go back and I go thinking about Darren. Here's the thing about mental places or places that are dangerous to be. I have arrived. I have need of nothing. Remember in Luke 12, the rich man? He said, I've been, I've fared sumptuously. I'm very wealthy. Great things have happened. I don't have a need of anything from anybody. And the Lord said, you fool, tonight your soul will be required of you. I have no need of anything. <clears throat> the third one, I'm content. I'm just satisfied. It's amazing that there's something about God. When you begin to experience Him and His presence really working in your life, it, you never find a place of contentment. You just don't. There's something about you. It isn't that you have to be entertained. It isn't that you have to be uh, um, just always emotional. But there's something about you that there's not a satisfied place. The next one is a dangerous place to be is just see how good I am. Because I'm going to be honest with you, and I've shared this with my wife. There was a time in my life years ago that I just thought I was a pretty good dude. And a few years ago, the Lord really showed me you're not. I don't care how many things we follow right, the nature of us in ourself is not necessarily good. The next one is, I'm the biggest fish in my pond. I'm the smartest fish in my pond. And you know, a lot of people like to surround themselves with people that are less than. And the person who surrounds themselves with people that are less than is someone who will never grow past where they already are. So how do you and I grow? And that is, you may not think that's a dangerous place, that is a dangerous place to be. As a pastor, as a anything that you do in life as a believer, let's just leave it as a believer, you have to keep people in your life that are challenging you to go above and beyond where you already are. And any time that we as, as, as believers get to a place that we think we're okay, we begin to regress because we think we have arrived one more spiritual, whatever it may be. So that's a place you can't dwell. So you need to surround yourself with people that challenge you spiritually, intellectually, and in a variety of other things. So... 
dangerous places to be. Uh, I'd like you to go to Philippians, if you will, in chapter 3. and We're only going to go to a couple places. Okay. Yeah, two and a half places, kind of. Uh, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> I was listening to a, a black minister, and one of the things that he said, he says, man, when you know better, you got to do better. And I think he pastors in New York or Chicago. I don't really remember his name, but I just heard a message he spoke. And when he said it, it just resonated. When you know better, you have to do better. And I know that as we grow, we don't always want to do better when we know better. We don't want to be more responsible. One of the hardest things for us to embrace in our walk with the Lord is that the more we learn, the more accountable we are with the knowledge we have. Are you with me? We just are. And so accountability is huge. And, and when you know better, you've got to do better. And I'd like you to go to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 13. It says, brethren. And I'm going to stop on this term for just a minute. And what he's saying, he said, believers, listen up. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, listen to me. Just listen. Every one of us that are, in the, you know, that are in this room tonight, you have given your heart to Christ. You are a believer in Christ. This is Paul speaking, and he said, brothers, brothers and sisters, listen. I count not myself to have apprehended, and I want to stop there. What does he mean, I do not count myself to, to have apprehended? I don't know it all. I have things to learn. Now, this is Paul. He wrote, I believe, you know, it was a 16 or 13 or 16 books in the New Testament. Uh, he, he wrote all these things. He could, he could speak multiple languages. He was a guy that had knowledge way beyond any of us. But with his own words, he said, brothers and sisters, listen up, you church people. I have not apprehended. And if I haven't apprehended, guess what? Neither have you. Don't ever get to the place that you think you have apprehended it. Don't let spiritual pride ever come into your life that you think that you're a little bit different, you're a little higher level. Always keep yourself in a humbling state. Keep yourself in a condition and in a place mentality that God can continue to teach. Now let me just talk a little bit about him. Yes, I've had revelations. Yes, I've seen demons. I've seen them, people delivered of them. I've worked in and seen miracles be performed. I've written books. I speak in many languages. I speak in tongues more than you all, 1 Corinthians 14. I speak in tongues more than you all. It's not that, I've, that I haven't had experience and I haven't grown, but I still don't have it all yet. And neither do we. It's an ever-growing thing regardless. Man, there's been times, and I've heard other preachers say this, so I don't feel all alone in it. I've been thinking, I said, Lord, I've spoke messages from all over this book. Where am I going this week? One of the things that I found out about the Word is it is inexhaustible. It never quits producing. It never does. It is life. When God speaks something, that was another thing about the earth, We'll fade and tremble before him. and It's never going to go away because he created it. And he's got future things about it as well. Paul said, I have not apprehended it all. But one of the things that I have figured out, when this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. I want to stop here for a minute on forgetting those things which are behind. It does not matter what we have learned or anything else, what we've done in our past. When I was at Teen Challenge, I enjoyed it. Man, I did. Learned a lot while we were there. Didn't ever want to go back but to visit, and that's okay. But the thing is, I never learned it all at Teen Challenge. I didn't learn it all in Bloomfield. I didn't learn it all when we pastored in Kentucky. 
I haven't learned it all because I'm still pretty pathetic. But I'll tell you this, there's always more to it, to adhere to him and listen and to learn. I may have, I have not apprehended, but one thing I do do is forget the accomplishments I have had and I move forward. I begin to understand this is bigger than just the present. It's something else coming. And in every one of our lives, we have to understand there is something bigger in every single one of our lives in this moment. But we will never obtain and never get to that place if we don't learn to forget and know that we haven't apprehended. You hear me talk about vision and things all the time, but I do have dreams. I do have visions. Maybe not us go to bed and not wake up with this vision in a 3D thing I see. But I do have things that I feel in my spirit of the future. I just do. A lot of it is people we sure don't know yet. But I do have vision. And friend, if you don't have vision, you're never going to be able to get past the past where we've been to where we are going. Places that are dangerous is when we become complacent and content right where we are. Regardless of all that I have seen, I am not ready to stop here. Forgetting what is behind me, it doesn't matter all that I've accomplished, all that I've seen, I'm not stopping at this place. I shared with you, I don't know, I think it was Wednesday night, about I was listening to Robert Morrison. He said he had seasons of his life when he first gave his heart to Christ, and then he went on staff at a church, he actually started traveling, and then he went on staff at a church, and after he was just on staff at a church for years, he, he prayed, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up, he, he prayed and asked God for direction, and, and God told him he wanted to go start a church in Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he went and started a church, and that church began to grow, and grow, and grow, and grow. How many of y'all have ever heard of Carrie Job? You ever heard of Carrie Job? Her and her husband are the worship leaders at Gateway Church, and so, I mean, it's, it's a pretty amazing place, and it's grown, they have five campuses, and, you know, and I know everybody, you go to these meetings, you talk to pastors, you talk about all their campuses, Awesome. I don't want a bunch of campuses. I want to take care of the one we got. And that's, there's calling. They're different. But Robert has all these campuses. And he said, you know, I always wanted to pastor a church that was doing things worldwide. It was having an impact on the planet. And he said, I was feeling really fulfilled and, and passionate in this church. And so he said he went and took some time. And he said, okay, Lord, speak to me. What's next? What am I supposed to go do? And the Lord said, absolutely nothing. You're supposed to stay where you are, and you're supposed to seek me with all your heart. Don't confuse, Robert, your goals and your call. And so when I read that, I began to think about him and about us and how often it is. We never stop. We never stop progressing. We never stop growing and moving forward in the things that God has had, and that's what Paul was saying. We don't stop here. Let's continue to read. Uh, one of the things I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. How important is it? It's amazing. Reaching, pursuing things that I've witnessed happening in others. In verse 14, finally I press, I strive, I war, I battle, I wrestle, I struggle. All these things toward that prize is something that is higher than where I am now. That is bigger than where I am now. Because I'll be honest with you. A lot of times when we begin to get our prayers answered, we stop expecting. We just get to that place, and, and are you with me? We get to that place that we just stop praying. Well, the easiest thing for my wife and I to do now is, is our daughter's home. She's in church. She has her girls. Ties into John 3, and, and he's given his heart to the Lord, and things have changed in his life, and Lathan's super involved here. and We can sit back and quit praying. And I'll be honest with you, that is so simple and easy to do. 
but the Lord checked me. He says, who's praying for them if you're not praying for them? Regardless of where they've come from, regardless of where we've come from, we don't stop. We don't stop praying. We keep anticipating. If you're here tonight, there's something in your life, just like I said a few weeks ago, there's something in your life that is compelling you to pursue Christ. Regardless of the depth and where you are and, and position or whatever's going on in your life, there's something compelling you. In the book of Jonah in chapter 4, if you could go there, it's, it's really important we understand this. Jonah chapter 4. <clears throat> What did uh, John the Baptist say whenever people were saying, are you the one? He said, oh, no, I'm not the one. He said, I'm not worthy to do what? Take the sandals off of Jesus. But yet, a few months later, he was questioning Jesus why he was about to have his head chopped off. John the Baptist understood it, but he didn't understand the circumstance. Here's the thing. We have to be concerned about and see the things that could be possibly dangerous in our life. And when we look at Jonah in chapter 4, verse 9, And God said to Jonah, Did thou doest well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd which you have not labored, neither made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And even should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right and their left hand, and also much cattle. It had to do with children. There was 120,000 people there that didn't know. Go to Second Kings, if you will, in chapter 9, and then I will talk a little bit about Jonah. Here's the thing about life. We live in a day today in, in parenting skills that are, are not always great. And uh, the parenting skills, many times we see that parents make decisions based on what's best for the parents and not what's best for the kids. And it's really easy to get caught up in that. And I'll just ask you for just a minute as a spouse. When you make decisions, I'll just stay with me. Now, I know I've confessed that I hide the ice cream at times. I've said that. I've, had, I've hid the carrot cake. I've hid the ice cream sandwiches. I've hid the last thing of blueberry Pop-Tarts. I just have. I just have. And you know why I have? Absolutely. My wife never hid anything. Never. Now, my wife isn't perfect. Her temper is different than mine. And her, her makeup is different. It's different. Not makeup this way. It's awesome. Her makeup is, I'm getting in trouble. Let's get off this. But let me move on. Here's the thing. Her makeup, if you will, is different than me. My wife is a mom. If there was something the kids wanted to eat, man, she would do anything to make it. If it's chocolate pie, whatever it is, whatever, she's going to do it. Why? Because she knows they enjoy it. Me, if I know they like it and I like it, I'll buy it. If they just like it, eh, maybe not. There's a difference. Stay with me in this. I have the same mentality with Jonah. Jonah was concerned about what he liked and what he didn't like. And when we as believers start living and behaving in ways that we do things that we like, and it doesn't matter what anybody else likes, you're becoming close to what ministry and what life and what serving Jesus is. The greatest example of that is when Jesus went to the cross. Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. He hated them. He resented them. But God used him to speak to them. Second Kings chapter 30. Dangerous places we go was Job. 
not Job, but Jonah, dangerous places that we go, which we're about to go with Jezebel, a Jezebel mentality. And I remember my father as a young kid, I'd hear him say, man, she was painted up like a Jezebel. Maybe y'all have ever heard that term, painted up like a Jezebel. Uh, I, I, you know, I like makeup. I think it's a God gift thing. I love it. I think it's a good thing. You know, if you don't wear it, that's fine. If you do wear it, it's awesome too. But there was something about Jezebel's mentality that ruined who she could have been. And verse 30 says, And when Jehu, Jehu rather, was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face and tired, and tired her head. In other words, made her hair all fancy, and she looked out a window. And as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, Had, had Zimri peace, who slew his master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? And there looked out unto him two or three eunuchs. And he said unto them, Throw her down. And they threw her down. And some of her blood, this is kind of gross, was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses that trod her underfoot. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink. And he said, Go and see now this cursed woman and bury her, for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her but the skull, the feet, and the palms of her hands. Wherefore they came again and said unto him, And he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by the servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall the dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. And if you'll go back to 1 Kings 21, you'll see the prophecy that God gave to, Jez, uh, to Elijah about Jezebel. And you may think, well, what does that have to do with being in dangerous places? Anyone that I've ever seen fall away from the Lord began to fall away from the Lord as they pursued things that they wanted. Dangerous places are always selfish. They're always things that we let our minds migrate. Let me give you some dangerous places in your home. When you begin to think inappropriately, inappropriately toward your wife or inappropriately toward your husband. You begin to look at them with disdain and think about them and you avoid them. And every time you see them, you let your mind dwell in places it shouldn't be. Whenever you as a spouse begin to treat your spouse in a way that's not right and not proper, you're beginning to take on the spirit of a Jezebel. Many years ago, I shared this. I'm going to wrap this up. Um, and you may think, well, why does he talk about things like this? Because I'm telling you, these are the reality of life. The places our minds go, the places that we begin to develop things that are dangerous places to us. Let me give you another example of dangerous places where your mind dwells. Where, where can your mind go that's dangerous? Your phone is exactly right. A dangerous place to go is, is your phone and see things that should not be seen. It's not always pornography because that's often what we think of instantly. Many times it's conversations. Many times it's things we think and say and, and read about things we shouldn't be reading about. You see, those are dangerous places that we let our mind go. But you know and I know as the mind goes... So goes the heart. And where the heart goes, so goes the life. And where the life goes there, life begins to diminish and it begins to waver. Our Creator cannot dwell among people who no longer see His importance in their life. Genesis chapter, C, chapter 6. In chapter 6, the Lord sent a flood and only Noah and his family survived. Not long after that, in Genesis chapter 11, because of the rebellion of man, he brought confusion unto the people and he separated them. 
The thing about dangerous places is that every one of us have been in them. And if you're here tonight, you've had to get yourself out. And the only way you're going to get yourself out of dangerous places is by a choice on what you fill your mind with. I don't know if this made any sense, but I sure hope it did. I have concerns for our church and individuals, and I really pray that you as an individual will say, Okay, God, I am hungry for a mighty move of God. I am thirsty. Pour out your Holy Ghost. Lord, do things in my life individually. So what I'm going to do here as we close, I want you to look at yourself. I don't want you to write it down. I don't want you to lean over and tell your buddy, your neighbor, your friend, your spouse, whatever, what's going on with you. But I do feel really strong that we all need to look at our lives and think, what's dangerous going on in my life? What am I dangerously thinking about? What am I begrudging or thinking or entertaining things in my mind that shouldn't be there? Mister, I'm going to ask you all just to play something in the back, if you would.